Section 32 of The Great Events, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 1. Edited by Charles F. Horn, Rossiter Johnson, and John Rudd. Rome established as a republic. Institution of Tribunes b c five ten to four ninety four henry george liddell the republic of rome was the outcome of a sudden revolution caused by the crimes of the house of tarquin an etruscan family who had reached the highest power at rome the indignation raised by the rape of lucretia by sextus tarquinius and the suicide of the outraged lady at colatia moved her father in conjunction with lucius junius brutus and publius valerius to start a rebellion the people were assembled by curiae or wards and voted that tarquinius superbus should be stripped of the kingly power and that he and all his family should be banished from rome this was accordingly done and instead of kings councils were appointed to wield the supreme power these councils were elected annually at the comitia centuriata and they had sovereign power granted them by a vote of the comitia curiata the first consuls chosen were lucius junius brutus and lucius tarquinius colatinus what is known as the secession to the sacred hill took place when the plebeians of rome in the early days of the republic indignant at the oppression and cruelty of the patricians left the city en masse and gathered with hostile manifestations at a hill mons sacer some distance from rome it was here menenius agrippa conciliated them by reciting the famous fable of the belly and the members after this the people were induced to come to terms with the patricians and to return to the city the people had however gained a great advantage by their bold defiance of the councillor and patrician class who had practically been supreme in the state had been oppressive money-lenders and had controlled the decisions of the law courts it was not in vain that the people now demanded that as the two councils were practically elected to further the interests of the upper class so they the plebeians should have the election of two tribunes to protect them from wrong and oppression these new officers were duly appointed and eventually their number was increased to ten their power was almost absolute but it never seems to have been abused and this fact is a proof of the native moderation of the ancient romans there have been many constitutional struggles in the history of modern times but nothing like the plebeian tribunate has ever appeared and it is a question if the institution could have existed for a month in any country of modern times with the salutary influence which it exercised in early rome tarquin had made himself king by the aid of the patricians and chiefly by means of the third or lucerian tribe to which his family belonged the burgesses of the gentis were indignant at the curtailment of their privileges by the popular reforms of servius and were glad to lend themselves to any overthrow of his power but tarquin soon kicked away the ladder by which he had risen he abrogated it is true the hated assembly of the centuries but neither did he pay any heed to the curiate assembly nor did he allow any new members to be chosen into the senate in place of those who were removed by death or other causes so that even those who had helped him to the throne repented them of their deed the name of superbus or the proud testifies to the general feeling against the despotic rule of the second tarquin 
it was by foreign alliances that he calculated on supporting his despotism at home the etruscans of tarquinii and all its associate cities were his friends and among the latins also he sought to raise a power which might counterbalance the senate and people of rome the wisdom of tarquinius priscus and servius had united all the latin name to rome so that rome had become the sovereign city of latium the last tarquin drew all those ties still closer he gave his daughter in marriage to octavius mamilius chief of tusculum and favoured the latins in all things but at a general assembly of the latins at the ferentine grove beneath the alban mount where they had been accustomed to meet of olden time to settle their national affairs turnus herdonius of aricia rose and spoke against him then tarquinius accused him of high treason and brought false witnesses against him and so powerful with the latins was the king that they condemned their countrymen to be drowned in the ferentine water and obeyed tarquinius in all things with them he made war upon the volscians and took the city of suessa wherein was a great booty this booty he applied to the execution of great works in the city in emulation of his father and king servius the elder tarquin had built up the side of the tarpeian rock and levelled the summit to be the foundation of a temple of jupiter but he had not completed the work tarquinius superbus now removed all the temples and shrines of the old sabine gods which had been there since the time of titus tatius but the goddess of youth and the god terminus kept their place whereby was signified that the roman people should enjoy undecaying vigour and that the boundaries of their empire should never be drawn in and on the tarpeian height he built a magnificent temple to be dedicated jointly to the great gods of the latins and etruscans jupiter juno and minerva and this part of the saturnian hill was ever after called the capital or the chief place while the upper part was called the arcs or citadel he brought architects from etruria to plan the temple but he forced the roman people to work for him without hire one day a strange woman appeared before the king and offered him nine books to buy and when he refused them she went away and burned three of the nine books and brought back the remaining six and offered to sell them at the same price that she had asked for the nine and when he laughed at her and again refused she went as before and burned three more books and came back and asked still the same price for the three that were left then the king was struck by her pertinacity and he consulted his augurs what this might be and they bade him by all means buy the three and said he had done wrong not to buy the nine for these were the books of the sibyl and contained great secrets so the books were kept underground in the capital in a stone chest and two men duumviri were appointed to take charge of them and consult them when the state was in danger the only latin town that defied tarquin's power was gabii and sextus the king's youngest son promised to win this place also for his father so he fled from rome and presented himself at gabii and there he made complaints of his father's tyranny and prayed for protection the gabians believed him and took him into their city and they trusted him so that in time he was made commander of their army now his father suffered him to conquer in many small battles and the gabians trusted him more and more then he sent privately to his father and asked what he should do to make the gabians submit 
then king tarquin gave no answer to the messenger but as he walked up and down his garden he kept cutting off the heads of the tallest poppies with his staff at last the messenger was tired and went back to sextus and told him what had passed but sextus understood what his father meant and he began to accuse falsely all the chief men and some of them he put to death and some he banished so at last the city of gabii was left defenceless and sextus delivered it up to his father while tarquin was building his temple on the capital a strange portent offered itself for a snake came forth and devoured the sacrifices on the altar the king not content with the interpretation of his etruscan soothsayers sent persons to consult the famous oracle of the greeks at delphi and the persons he sent were his own sons titus and aarons and his sister's son lucius junius a young man who to avoid his uncle's jealousy feigned to be without common sense wherefore he was called brutus or the dullard the answer given by the oracle was that the chief power of rome should belong to him of the three who should first kiss his mother and the two sons of king tarquin agreed to draw lots which of them should do this as soon as they returned home but brutus perceived that the oracle had another sense so as soon as they landed in italy he fell down on the ground as if he had stumbled and kissed the earth for she he thought was the true mother of all mortal things when the sons of tarquin returned with their cousin lucius junius brutus they found the king at war with the rutulians of ardia being unable to take the place by storm he was forced to blockade it and while the roman army was encamped before the town the young men used to amuse themselves at night with wine and wassail one night there was a feast at which sextus the king's third son was present as also Calatinus, the son of Agerius, the king's uncle who had been made governor of Calatia. soon they began to dispute about the worthiness of their wives and when each maintained that his own wife was worthiest come gentlemen said Calatinus, let us take horse and see what our wives are doing they expect us not and so we shall know the truth all agreed and they galloped to rome and there they found the wives of all the others feasting and revelling but when they came to Calatia, they found lucretia the wife of Calatinus, not making merry like the rest but sitting in the midst of her handmaids carding wool and spinning so they all allowed that lucretia was the worthiest now lucretia was the daughter of a noble roman spurius lucretius who was at this time prefect of the city for it was the custom when the kings went out to war that they left a chief man at home to administer all things in the king's name and he was called prefect of the city but it chanced that sextus the king's son when he saw the fair lucretia was smitten with lustful passion and a few days after he came again to Calatia and lucretia entertained him hospitably as her husband's cousin and friend but at midnight he arose and came with stealthy steps to her bedside and holding a sword in his right hand and laying his left hand upon her breast he bade her yield to his wicked desires for if not he would slay her and lay one of her slaves beside her and would declare that he had taken them in adultery so for shame she consented to that which no fear would have wrung from her and sextus having wrought this deed of shame returned to the camp then lucretia sent to rome for her father and to the camp at ardia for her husband they came in haste 
lucretius brought with him publius valerius and collatinus brought lucius junius brutus his cousin and they came in and asked if all was well then she told them what was done but she said my body only has suffered the shame for my will consented not to the deed therefore she cried avenge me on the wretch sextus as for me though my heart has not sinned i can live no longer no one shall say that lucretia set an example of living in unchastity so she drew forth a knife and stabbed herself to the heart when they saw that her father and her husband cried aloud but brutus drew the knife from the wound and holding it up spoke thus by this pure blood i swear before the gods that i will pursue lucius tarquinius the proud and all his bloody house with fire sword or in whatsoever way i may and that neither they nor any other shall hereafter be king in rome then he gave the knife to collatinus and lucretius and valerius and they all swore likewise much marvelling to hear such words from lucius junius the dullard and they took up the body of lucretia and carried it into the forum and called on the men of collatia to rise against the tyrant so they set a guard at the gates of the town to prevent any news of the matter being carried to king tarquin and they themselves followed by the youth of collatia went to rome here brutus who was chief captain of the knights called the people together and he told them what had been done and he called on them by the deed of shame wrought against lucretius and collatinus by all that they had suffered from the tyrants by the abominable murder of good king servius to assist them in taking vengeance on the tarquins so it was hastily agreed to banish tarquinius and his family the youth declared themselves ready to follow brutus against the king's army and the seniors put themselves under the rule of lucretius the prefect of the city in this tumult the wicked tullia fled from her house pursued by the curses of all men who prayed that the avengers of her father's blood might be upon her when the king heard what had passed he set off in all haste for the city brutus also set off for the camp at ardia and he turned aside that he might not meet his uncle the king so he came to the camp at ardia and the king came to rome and all the romans at ardia welcomed brutus and joined their arms to his and thrust out all the king's sons from the camp but the people of rome shut the gates against the king so that he could not enter and king tarquin with his sons titus and Aruns, went into exile and lived at seri in etruria but sextus fled to gabii where he had before held rule and the people of gabii slew him in memory of his former cruelty so lucius tarquinius superbus was expelled from rome after he had been king five-and-twenty years and in memory of this event was instituted a festival called the regifugium or fugalia which was celebrated every year on the twenty-fourth day of february to gratify the plebeians the patricians consented to restore in some measure at least the popular institutions of king servius and it was resolved to follow his supposed intention with regard to the supreme government that is to have two magistrates elected every year who were to have the same power as the king during the time of their rule these were in after days known by the name of councils but in ancient times they were called praetors or judges 
they were elected at the great assembly of centuries and they had sovereign power conferred upon them by the assembly of the curious they wore a robe edged with violet colour sat in their chairs of state called curule chairs and were attended by twelve lictors each these lictors carried fasces or bundles of rods out of which arose an axe in token of the power of life and death possessed by the councils as successors of the kings but only one of them at a time had a right to this power and in token thereof his colleagues fasces had no axes in them each retained this mark of sovereign power imperium for a month at a time the first consuls were lucius junius brutus and lucius tarquinius colatinus the new consuls filled up the senate to the proper number of three hundred and the new senators were called conscripti while the old members retained their old name of patres so after this the whole senate was addressed by speakers as patres conscripti but in later times it was forgotten that these names belonged to different sorts of persons and the whole senate was addressed by one name patres conscripti the name of king was hateful but certain sacrifices had always been performed by the king in person and therefore to keep up form a person was still chosen with the title of rex sacrorum or rex sacrificulus to perform these offerings but even he was placed under the authority of the chief pontifex after his expulsion king tarquin sent messengers to rome to ask that his property should be given up to him and the senate decreed that his prayer should be granted but the king's ambassadors while they were in rome stirred up the minds of the young men and others who had been favoured by tarquin so that a plot was made to bring him back among those who plotted were titus and tiberius the sons of the council brutus and they gave letters to the messengers of the king but it chanced that a certain slave hid himself in the place where they met and overheard them plotting and he came and told the thing to the councils who seized the messengers of the king with the letters upon their persons authenticated by the seals of the young men the culprits were immediately arrested but the ambassadors were let go because their persons were regarded as sacred and the goods of king tarquin were given up for plunder to the people then the traitors were brought up before the councils and the sight was such as to move all beholders to pity for among them were the sons of lucius junius brutus himself the first consul the liberator of the roman people and now all men saw how brutus loved his country for he bade the lictors put all the traitors to death and his own sons first and men could mark in his face the struggle between his duty as a chief magistrate of rome and his feelings as a father and while they praised and admired him they pitied him yet more then a decree of the senate was made that no one of the blood of the tarquins should remain in rome and since colatinus the consul was by descent a tarquin even he was obliged to give up his office and return to colatia in his room publius valerius was chosen consul by the people this was the first attempt to restore tarquin the proud when tarquin saw that the plot at home had failed he prevailed on the people of tarquinii and veii to make war with him against the romans but the consuls came out against them valerius commanding the main army and brutus the cavalry and it chanced that aruns the king's son led the cavalry of the enemy 
when he saw brutus he spurred his horse against him and brutus declined not the combat so they rode straight at each other with levelled spears and so fierce was the shock that they pierced each other through from breast to back and both fell dead then also the armies fought but the battle was neither won nor lost but in the night a voice was heard by the etruscans saying that the romans were the conquerors so the enemy fled by night and when the romans arose in the morning there was no man to oppose them then they took up the body of brutus and departed home and buried him in public with great pomp and the matrons of rome mourned him for a whole year because he had avenged the injury of lucretia and thus the second attempt to restore king tarquin was frustrated after the death of brutus publius valerius ruled the people for a while by himself and he began to build himself a home upon the ridge called velia which looks down upon the forum so the people thought that he was going to make himself king but when he heard this he called an assembly of the people and appeared before them with his fasces lowered and with no axes in them whence the custom remained ever after that no councillor lictors wore axes within the city and no council had power of life and death except when he was in command of his legions abroad and he pulled down the beginning of his house upon the velia and built it below that hill also he passed laws that every roman citizen might appeal to the people against the judgment of the chief magistrates wherefore he was greatly honoured among the people and was called poplicola or friend of the people after this valerius called together the great assembly of the centuries and they chose spurius lucretius father of lucretius to succeed brutus but he was an old man and in not many days he died so marcus horatius was chosen in his stead the temple on the capital which king tarquin began had never yet been consecrated then valerius and horatius drew lots which should be the consecrator and the lot fell on horatius but the friends of valerius murmured and they wished to prevent horatius from having the honour so when he was now saying the prayer of consecration with his hand upon the doorpost of the temple there came a messenger who told him that his son was just dead and that one mourning for a son could not rightly consecrate the temple but horatius kept his hand upon the doorpost and told them to see to the burial of his son and finished the rites of consecration thus did he honour the gods even above his own son in the next year valerius was again made council with titus lucretius and tarquinius despairing now of aid from his friends at veii and tarquinii went to lars porsena of clusium a city on the river clanus which falls into the tiber porsena was at this time acknowledged as chief of the twelve etruscan cities and he assembled a powerful army and came to rome he came so quickly that he reached the tiber and was near the sublician bridge before there was time to destroy it and if he had crossed it the city would have been lost then a noble roman called horatius codus of the lucerian tribe with two friends spurius lartius a romnian and titus herminius a titian posted themselves at the far end of the bridge and defended the passage against all the etruscan host while the romans were cutting it off behind them when it was all but destroyed his two friends retreated across the bridge and horatius was left alone to bear the whole attack of the enemy 
well he kept his ground standing unmoved amid the darts which were showered upon his shield till the last beams of the bridge fell crashing into the river then he prayed saying father tiber receive me and bear me up i pray thee so he plunged in and reached the other side safely and the romans honoured him greatly they put up his statue in the comitium and gave him as much land as he could plough round in a day and every man at rome subscribed the cost of one day's food to reward him then porsena disappointed in his attempt to surprise the city occupied the hill janiculum and besieged the city so that the people were greatly distressed by hunger but gaius mucius a noble youth resolved to deliver his country by the death of the king so he armed himself with a dagger and went to the place where the king was used to sit in judgment it chanced that the soldiers were receiving their pay from the king's secretary who sat at his right hand splendidly apparelled and as this man seemed to be chief in authority mucius thought that this must be the king so he stabbed him to the heart then the guards seized him and dragged him before the king who was greatly enraged and ordered them to burn him alive if he would not confess the whole affair then mucius stood before the king and said see how little thy tortures can avail to make a brave man tell the secrets committed to him and so saying he thrust his right hand into the fire of the altar and held it in the flame with unmoved countenance then the king marvelled at his courage and ordered him to be spared and sent away in safety for said he thou art a brave man and hast done more harm to thyself than to me then mucius replied thy generosity o king prevails more with me than thy threats know that three hundred roman youths have sworn thy death my lot came first but all the rest remain prepared to do and suffer like myself so he was let go and returned home and was called scevola or the left-handed because his right hand had been burnt off end of section thirty two